0: I'm Samantha Sherris, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Monday, July 17th. Here are today's headlines <music> Presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy released a list of judges Monday that he will consider for top judicial appointments should he become President of the United States, according to our colleague Mary Margaret Olihan. Ramaswamy's list of Supreme Court candidates include James Ho of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, Lawrence Van Dyke of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, Lisa Branch of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eleventh Circuit, Thomas Hardiman of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit, Justin Walker of the U.S. Court of Appeals, District of Columbia Circuit, and John Bush of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Ramaswamy also included Republican Senators Mike Lee of Utah and Ted Cruz of Texas on that list, as well as former U.S. Solicitor General Paul Clement. Ramaswamy said in a statement, Our courts are the last line of defense against an increasingly hostile federal government that seeks to curtail our freedoms. That's why it's more important than ever that we elect a president who will appoint judges and justices to the federal bench to safeguard the values and ideals our nation was founded on. Former President Donald Trump released a list of 11 names for potential nominees for the Supreme Court back in May 2016, which was an unprecedented move. The Daily Signal has learned that Ramaswamy sought the advice of conservative legal organizations and nonprofits that asked not to be named. In a speech to college students and conservative Americans on Saturday evening, former President Donald Trump promised that he would not allow the United States to head into a third world war, our colleague Mary Margaret Olihan reports. Trump spoke amid concerns over President Joe Biden's approval of the mobilization of reserve forces for potential duty in the Russia-Ukraine war. Trump said, I'm the only one that can make this promise. It's a big promise, especially for you in this room, because you are young. You have a big life ahead of you. I will prevent World War III. Trump spoke in Palm Beach, Florida, at the Turning Point USA Action Conference, an event the organization billed as the most important political conference of the summer. The conference featured six GOP presidential hopefuls, including Trump, as well as lesser-known candidates like Businessman Ryan Binkley, and Perry Johnson. During an interview with The Daily Signal, TPUSA founder Charlie Kirk said that former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, former Vice President Mike Pence, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis were invited to the conference but opted not to attend. Every candidate was invited. Democrat Bobby Kennedy was invited. We have 6,000 people here. The National Defense Authorization Act, known as the NDAA, has passed one hurdle in the House and now faces an uphill battle in the Senate. The House voted last Friday to pass an annual national defense bill after Republicans amended it to prohibit the Pentagon from spending taxpayers' money to pay for travel and other abortion-related expenses. With this pro-life amendment, the $886 billion National Defense Authorization Act For fiscal year 2024, passed by a bipartisan vote of 219 to 210, with four Republicans voting no and four Democrats voting yes. Three Republicans and two Democrats didn't vote. Ryan Walker, acting executive director of Heritage Action, the grassroots organization of the Heritage Foundation, tweeted, The NDAA should return our military to focus on its fundamental mission, not waging Biden's culture war. Last week, the House GOP scored a huge victory for life in the fiscal year 24 NDAA with an amendment to rescind the Department of Defense's illegal policy that uses taxpayer funds for abortions for service members. The Senate is expected to vote on the NDAA later this week. Democratic leaders are speaking out against Washington Democratic Representative Pramila Jayapal's categorization of Israel. While in Chicago on Sunday, Jayapal said, Can I say something as somebody who's been in the streets and participated in a lot of demonstrations? I want you to know that we have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy, that the dream of a two-state solution is slipping away from us, that it doesn't even feel possible. Jayapal issued a statement apologizing for her comments, writing, At a conference, I attempted to defuse a tense situation during a panel where fellow members of Congress were being protested. Words do matter, and so it is important that I clarify my statement. I do not believe the idea of Israel as a nation is racist. She also said, I do, however, believe that Netanyahu's extreme right-wing government has engaged in discriminatory and outright racist policies and that there are extreme racists driving the policy within the leadership of the current government. On Sunday, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries and Democratic Representatives Catherine Clark of Massachusetts, Pete Aguilar, and Ted Lieu of California issued a statement in response. Israel is not a racist state, the leader said, adding, as House Democratic leaders, we strongly support Israel's right to exist as a homeland for the Jewish people. We are also firmly committed to a robust two-state solution where Israel and the Palestinian people can live side-by-side in peace and prosperity. And for our final story today, BBC is reporting that two people are dead after an attack on a bridge connecting Crimea to Russia. BBC reports that Russian authorities have accused Ukraine of attacking the Kerch Bridge with two unmanned surface vessels or drones that travel over water rather than through the air. According to the Associated Press, during a televised meeting with officials, Putin said what happened is another terrorist act of the Kiev regime. It is a crime that is pointless from the military point of view. It bears no significance because the Crimean Bridge hasn't been used for military means in a long time. And it is brutal because blameless civilians were injured and killed. The Associated Press also reports that Putin ordered increased security at the 12-mile Kerch Bridge, repeating a call he made in October 2022 when the span was severely damaged by an explosion that Moscow also blamed on Kiev. We will keep you updated as the story develops. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to The Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed, where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning for the Daily Signal interview edition. Over the weekend, I sat down with Texas Senator Ted Cruz and Missouri Senator Josh Hawley while we were at the Turning Point Conference in Palm Beach, Florida. We talk about China and TikTok and much more. You definitely don't want to miss those interviews. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation.